G'day friends, hope you're all doing well. Big round of footy on and off the field. I'm going to talk about all of it. Let's get into it. So I was just re-watching through all of the the highlights from the games over the weekend. And I'll tell you what, I'm so glad I'm not a Carlton supporter. Oh my God. Even when they win, it seems to be in the absolute most stressful manner possible. Like, it, it, I mean, they should have, and it looked like they were going to absolutely blow Geelong away. But somehow, what Geelong kicked five goals, four in the last quarter, and they almost took it off. I mean, if Grind Myers had taken that set shot and kicked the goal, I think it would have been different. But gee, I talk. It'd be very stressful and upsetting being a Carlton supporter. But good on them for getting the win, getting the uh, getting the win. And I think Eddie Betts has paid for himself already. It like. A lot of people said he was old, including me. Didn't expect him to be as potent as he had been in previous years. But, gee, that, that game-saving tackle in the centre on top of the two goals he'd already kicked. He still got it, little Eddie. Still very dangerous. And he just he's, he's that spark that I think Carlton really needed. So, yeah, good game from him. Geelong, yeah, well... They're going to be upset that they dropped a game in Geelong to Carlton. That's going to haunt them. That silly, silly, just brainless act from Asaba Radigalia on the goal line that stopped his own team from kicking a goal. That was truly bizarre. That'll be on the, the bloopers reel of his career. I am certain of that. Uh, I, I was so happy... It was one of the good stories of the weekend to see Jack Stephen, you know, get back out there and play. He, he didn't look good. He only had, what, six touches and none of them were really of any note. He looked unfit. He looked really underdone. I hope they didn't bring him in. Like, they either brought him in too early or they brought him in at the right time and he just didn't play well. I hope they didn't bring him in too early for his own sake. I think they were also playing him in the wrong position. Like, given his obvious fitness level, play him out of the goal square. Let him explode just 20 metres at a time, kick a couple goals, and, you know, if they'd done that and it had worked, Geelong would have won the game. They, they had him on the... For, I didn't watch the whole thing, but what I did watch, he was on the ball the whole time. That's not where you play him, especially when he's underdone like he was. And they got plenty of midfielders. You know, you got, and they've got, I mean, they do have plenty of small forwards, but just 
push one of them up the ground a bit. Push Luke Dalhouse up the ground. You know, have Gary Ablett play more minutes in the mid. Just move stuff around so you're playing an underdone player in the right position. You kind of, you know, they'll be a bit embarrassed by his performance. They're going to look like they just put him in for the sake of putting him in. Anyway. Uh, which game shall I talk about next? Let's get the St Kilda Collingwood game out of the way. That was just that was horrendous. Like, I mean, I'm not complaining, but let's let's just all remember Collingwood had a nine day break and St Kilda only had a six break, six day break. Just let's not forget that. Um, but yeah, Collingwood looked really sharp. They looked so on. Like, I think they've got the best backline in the comp. They, it is a wall. Like, if Moore and Roughhead aren't taking intercept or how aren't taking intercept marks, the the ball's hitting the deck, and then you've got Maynard and even Young Noble just grabbing it and off they go. Like, that looks really good. And the way they move the ball, just with finesse. Just hitting targets, moving it from the back line to the forward line, just perfect kick after perfect kick. Like, it was upsetting to watch because they were playing my team, but poor, they look really on. Like, Port might be on top of the ladder, but I think Collingwood have got to be the premiership favourites at the moment. They they just looked so sharp. And, and, and their pressure as well. St Kilda had nothing. They had absolutely no answer for it. St. Kilda would get a couple of possessions, but then, like, they would just freeze because they had no options, and then Collingwood would just shut them down, and so often inside Collingwood's forward 50, they would be able, they would force a turnover. It was a complete domination, a complete win. So, well done to the Pies. St. Kilda, you got to take a good, long, hard look at yourselves. Um, let's go all the way back to Thursday night. What an interesting night that was at first you know I was joking around saying gee no Dustin Martin no Richmond but he he played last week and they were pretty shit last week as well good good to, like good on Hawthorne for bouncing back after getting smashed by Geelong last week our two grand final teams from last year are both struggling the Giants and Richmond I don't know what's going on with Richmond like, I don't know if the the couple, two or three months off has just not worked for them or, you know, the two premierships, you know, they've got that, you know, I'm satisfied disease that successful teams sometimes get. I don't know what's going on, but they just look slow. They look a bit lost heading inside 50. I'll tell you what, Jack Rewalt's out of form, isn't he? You know, what is he, a three-time common medalist? And he's, I think he's kicked one goal this year. Something sad like that. He is really struggling. He hardly touched the ball. Whole team hardly touched the ball. Yeah, they just, they've just lost that attack and that hunt that they've had in the last couple of years where they would just, they would just chase you and pressure you and tackle you and harass you until they until you turned it over and then they would just run it in an exciting fashion until it got into the forward line. That little, you know, mosquito fleet they've got wasn't 
buzzing at all. That was so bad, I'm sorry I said that. Um, yeah, they were pretty ordinary. Well done, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, you know, Hawthorne played the oldest side that's ever been played, apparently, and they looked fresh, they looked sharp, and they, they looked quick. How good was Isaac Smith? I've always really liked Isaac Smith. I thought he, I've always thought he was underrated, you know, playing in a side with, you know, that had Hodge and Burgoyne and Rioli and Roughhead and Frank, you know, all these guys. But, yeah, he's a really great player. One of, one of the best genuine wingmen in the comp, I reckon. He had a great game. It's going to be a very interesting game next weekend, Saints and Richmond. Very, very, very interesting game. Saturday afternoon. That'll be very interesting. I hope, I hope this isn't the, that's not the game where they have their little resurgence. That won't make me very happy. All right. Well, and then on Friday night, oh, I don't know what's going on with there's. It's so interesting, isn't it? How some clubs have come back from the break and just not been on at all. Two weeks in a row now, the Giants have been. Smacked around. What did Norton? Yeah, North beat them by 20 points last week. And then 24 points this week. The Bulldogs got them by. Good to see that the Bulldogs can actually play. They're not going to have just a terrible year after everyone tipped them to finish in the top four. They were quite good. Finally, they brought back in Libertore and McLean. You know, strengthen their midfield. They've lost Dunkley today. He did his ankle, I think, so he's out for six weeks, and they need to keep those guys in. Yeah, the, oh, the Giants are in real trouble. the Giants got next week. Oh, they've got Collingwood in Sydney, but they've got Collingwood. Oh, Collingwood's going to wreck them the way they're going. And I'll tell you, they're like, if you're going to play mind game, like, so they had, they had, um, Nick Haynes, go and do the coin toss at the start of the game with Bontempelli. Uh, for those who don't know, normally the captain of the club will do the coin toss. Nick Haynes is not the captain of the club. Um, they had him do the coin toss because I think two times... So these two teams hate each other. And two times ago, uh, there was some incident. There was some really hard tackle where Bontempelli broke Haynes's larynx. He squished his neck. So this was having Haynes going to do the coin toss was some kind of mind games. And then there was the big, there was a number of fights throughout the game. But then there was that big brawl, I think, in the third quarter. If you're going to try and get in the Bulldogs head and have punch-ons, you've got to play better than that. You've got to back it up. You can't just go shoving people around and, you know, <laughs> doing psychological warfare without doing the real warfare. You've got to get down and just get to work and work hard. And I don't think the Giants have been doing that the last couple of weeks. They've looked... They kind of had... Before they were really good, as they've been the last couple of years, when they were sort of finishing top eight, they would sometimes like have these cavalier losses. Like they've been loaded up with superstars for years that they've gotten from the draft or from other clubs. And sometimes I've just thought they were too good. And they've just, you know, they'd have a few easy wins and then they'd come up against a club that was struggling. And then they'd just, you know, play this, we are the best brand of football, no one can touch us. And then the other team would just outwork them and that they'd win. 
And I don't know if that's what's happening now, because it's happened two weeks in a row. But they got to, there's another team they got to take a hard look at themselves. They're really struggling. Mm, let's jump to let's jump to Sunday. Let's jump to the team that I think has reignited the competition and has made it really exciting again. The Gold Coast Sunnies. Oh, how good are they going? Two shellackings in a row, and for once not at their expense. They have they they took West Coast to cleaners last week, and granted Adelaide aren't going too hot <clears throat> at the moment. But to beat them by 53 points in a game that's 20% shorter than what we're used to, that's so impressive. They look they look like a really high-quality side. Like, it's going to take a few more games. They're going to have to play some of the big Melbourne clubs before we can really say how they're going. But they are playing a really exciting and just brave brand of football. They're just taking the game on. They look like they're having fun. A lot of those players who have been at the club for a long time have probably not had a lot of fun. They've had lots of losses on top of losses on top of losses. But they've got all these young kids, you know, the ones they've picked up over the last few years. King and Lukosius and you name it. And the one that I'm working my way to saying is Matt Rowell. Oh my God, this guy is going to be everyone's favourite player. Pl- favorite player in 12 months time not only is he an amazing player for an 18 year old right he's got he's got the look he's got this image that people are going to be drawn to he's got the tucked in jumper with the pulled up shorts that retro look that is going to start coming back now because of him he's got the red curly hair and he's built like a brick shit house He looks like he's 25, but he's 18. And he plays like he's 25, but he's 18. He's kicked two goals in the last, like, he's kicked four goals in the last two weeks. Two goals both times. And he was was best on ground last week. He may very well have been best on ground. Two goals, 20 disposals, 10 tackles, 12 contested possessions. Are you kidding me? It's his third game. Can he take... He's going to win the Brownlow this year the way he's going. He's wrecking every... Like, he's going to be... Who have they got next week? Uh, one of the other teams in the in the hub. Frio. I was going to say they should tag Rao, but I don't know who they'd tag him with. They'll wreck Frio next week. Frio are going to be nervous. I'm loving how the Gold Coast are playing. And I'm loving watching Matt Rao play. Like they're saying last year's draft was on the leaner side, not the top, not the top end. Anderson's doing well as well, the number two pick. But gee, like how many clubs would kill to pick a kid like him? Eighteen years old, and he is ready to go. Like in my adult life of watching football, I have not seen a draft draftee, at least not a. There's been a couple of mature age ones, you know, Tim Kelly, Tom Stewart, also at Geelong. Some mature age picks are ready to go, but you rarely get an 18-year-old who is... Sam Walsh was very good last year, but even he wasn't this good. This kid is so ready to go. Like, it'll, it'll be impressive if he can maintain this quality 
for the entire year, given it's his first year. But I don't know. There's there's no reason to think that he won't, at least for most of the year. Yeah. Look out, everyone. This kid, this kid is coming like a fucking steam train. I'll tell you what, he's very impressive. On the flip side of that game, boy, are the Adelaide Crows in trouble. They are in very serious doo-doo. They are getting smashed week after week. They look completely listless. They're, I think they, I think it, you can definitely say they culled way too hard last year. They've got, they've got no team. They've like, they seem to just be devoid of any leadership or direction. Yeah, you still got, they still got some good players. You know, Rory Sloan and the Crouch brothers and Tom Lynch and. Talia, like they're all doing their best, but they are surrounded by just mediocre kids who need some direction and then they're not getting it. I have thought for a long time that Taylor Walker was an overrated player. Yeah, he's great. It's great when he kicks a goal from 60 metres out, but he doesn't do that too often, even though he can. He... Like he, he stepped down from the... He, or he was removed from the captaincy, whatever happened last year in Sloan took over as the, as the full captain. Oh, it's pretty obvious why. He is, like... I don't know, I didn't watch this whole game, but I watched it when I saw that the Gold Coast were getting really far in front. Tex, like, three years ago, this team was in the grand final, and Taylor Walker was one of the you know, big key forwards in the competition. He was this big general. He was leading this club to its... You know, first premiership in 20-odd years. But now they are just... They are so lost. And Matthew Nix is one of the new coaches in the comp, but even a new coach with a young side that's rebuilding should not be having performances like this. <sighs> Who have Adelaide got next week? What's it? They got Brisbane. Brisbane's flying as well, so... Uh, they got more headaches to come. And it does not... The stuff that Mark Prosciutto was doing on Twitter and the stuff he was saying last week about the salary cap of players that have been let go, that is such a hindrance. That just adds to the bad press and the pressure that they're under. It was He said all that, you know, Hugh Greenwood, who's now the Gold Coast Suns, is one of the players he had a go at. You know, after being questions about players that left the Adelaide Crows, one of which was Hugh Greenwood, and then Hugh Greenwood gets on Twitter after the game. And he says, "Oh, something about you know, something to do with what Rashido said." And then Rashido responded in a childish way, and it just doesn't help at all. They need to just have a like the whole club just needs to settle, realize where they're at, and just sort of regroup while they're at this hub. They've got another two weeks stuck up there and it is going to be a long fortnight if they can't find any kind of good news. Uh, the other Sunday game, obviously there would have been three, but we'll get to why there wasn't in just a minute. Uh, the other Sunday game, Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. I mean, 
Nothing too exciting in this one. This went pretty much how you thought it was going to. Port Adelaide looking really sharp. They're like they're sitting at, atop the ladder, very socially distant from everyone else. They got a nice big percentage. They're looking good. But as you know, as everyone knows, they've only played Adelaide, Frio, and uh, who are they play in round one? Gold Coast, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the win over the Gold Coast is looking more impressive, but they haven't beaten anyone big yet. So the jury is still out a little bit. We're going to have to wait and see. And yeah, Frio are going to keep doing their best. And as long as West Coast and Adelaide keep getting smashed up in the hub, Frio are not going to get too much scrutiny, I wouldn't think. Yeah. See, like, that is what a rebuild should like, you know. Really gallant efforts every week. They'll win every now and then. They've got a healthy-ish mix of youth and experience, and they don't look like utter dog shit, Adelaide. So that's that's how you do it well. Yeah. Uh, okay, the last game that I've got to talk about is Sydney and North Melbourne. Another bit of an upset here. Tell you what, I'm very glad that I took a break from tipping this year, I would have the biggest headache of my life. Like, how many of the game? like, I would have tipped Richmond, I would have tipped the Giants, I would have tipped North, I would have tipped Geelong. Is that a four or five that I would have gotten wrong straight off the bat, right there. Anyway, this is another upset. Well done by Sydney. I think Sydney are going to be better than I thought this year. Uh, definitely not a top eight side, but they have got a good amount of potential. They had to fight off a little comeback there in the last quarter, but they still got a lot of potential. They have a very healthy mix of experience and youth, and a lot of their young players are looking real good. So I think they're going to go okay. North Melbourne will be disappointed that they oh, that they dropped this one because they would have been feeling pretty good after going up to Sydney last week and beating the Giants, but I'm sure they'll bounce back next week against Hawthorne on Sunday night. Gee, that'll be a really good game. Hawthorne and North. That'll be a ripper. That Marvel. Probably go North. See how all those old Hawks bodies hold up after this week all right that's the round covered now for the big news story that happened on on saturday connor mckenna testing positive COVID 19 meaning that essendon and melbourne did not play on sunday and all the fallout that has come from that it has been a ridiculous Opie on the beanbag again. It has been a ridiculous 48 hours. I've been listening to the radio a bit when I've been in the car. been reading this stuff on the AFL app. <sighs> Gee, it's a bit of a mess. So what, what is definitely going to happen is Essendon are going to be playing Carlton this week. That's happening. And at the moment, it's looking like the uh, six or seven defenders who... McKenna had close contact training with on Friday, I think it was, and not going to be allowed to play. 
So McKenna obviously isn't allowed to play, and then the the uh, the other backline players who is in intimate training with on I think it was Friday are not going to be allowed to play either. Some people, there's all sorts of stuff that's been thrown around. Some people are saying that uh, Melbourne should just be given the four points because they were ready to play and Essendon weren't. Some people are saying that, you know, none of the people who were training on that Friday should be able to play. So Essendon should, like, they should just have to field a side with whatever they can. Everyone is really cross that this has happened, even though it was absolutely always going to happen. And everyone's coming, like, Melbourne just getting the four points just because they didn't have someone get... That's so unfair. And Essendon having to field a side without full availability, like, limited availability, unnecessarily, is also really unfair the whole competition is struggling with this crisis, okay? Rulings like that are going to just make it harder for everyone, okay? If I think if Essendon are allowed to field a side with only those half dozen or so defenders missing, that's not a terrible result. I still don't think it's fair. If that changes in the next couple of days and only McKenna misses, I think that's fine. What I think should happen, if that last option isn't what happens, the reason we've got these shortened quarters is for this exact scenario, right? It was in case that players or staff or coaches or whatever got the thing and we had to suspend matches. This is the exact reason, right? The AFL set itself up to deal with this scenario, right? It was so that players would not be as worn down and that if needed, they could jam in games into a smaller amount of time. Why aren't they using the exact contingency they permit themselves to use? I think it is really tough to make Essendon play without their full list available. Like, if, if that is what ends up having their seasons stuffed, it's gone. Because it means that those players aren't going to be available next week either. It's two weeks that they have to be quarantined for. What I think should happen is just suspend the next... Like, it'll have to be the Carlton game this week and then the following week, whoever they've got. I'm not sure who they've got. But we'll have to suspend the next two matches and then just move the three matches that have now been missed to another point in time. And yet, those those teams that would have been playing Essendon, they're lucky. They get weeks off. Whatever. And you could say that's unfair, but, you know, some clubs have had... Some, some clubs have not come back well after three months off. So, I don't know. I think giving a team an extra buy, you know, is not as bad as an advantage as it would be playing against a side that was not allowed to field every player available. I don't know. I just, I feel like, I know if, if it was my club, if a St Kilda player got it and St Kilda games had to be suspended, 
I would not want St Kilda just to get fucked over for the rest of the year just because of that. I think that is not what we need. Like, the competition needs to work together. And the other, like, everyone is so cross at Connor McKenna. They're so angry with him. All the stuff I've been reading and hearing, he's an idiot. He broke the rules, you know. He should be suspended. In the... Yeah, so what seems to have happened is, yeah, he's broke a rule or two. Minor breaches. Like, you know, he hasn't done any, anything awful. He went to an open house and he went and visited some people. And he did one other thing. I think the one other thing is actually the only real rule that he broke. He's allowed to go to an open house. Yeah, given his line of work, he probably shouldn't have. He probably could have just let his partner go on her own and looked at the place by herself. That would have been fine. But in the place he's living, his lease is about to end. Okay? He is well within his... Like, real estate is an essential service. That's why it's still running. Okay? He is absolutely allowed to go to an open house and have a look at the place he's going to live. Okay? Like, come on. Like, the poor guy is going to be... He's going to be feeling shit enough if the symptom... If he actually develops serious symptoms. Like, let's think about that. Like, the poor guy's actually got the thing and everyone's giving him a hard time. And then on top of actually having it, he has now caused a lot of trouble for his team and for the competition. He's going to be feeling shit enough as it is. He doesn't need random people on the radio piling on calling him an idiot for flouting the rules, which he didn't really flout in any kind of serious fashion. Like, gee whiz, like, like I, I bet if people, people I was hearing on the radio today, if someone from their club got it, like there was this guy from, who's a Collingwood supporter, rang up, you know, saying how good the pies are going or whatever, and then he had a go at Conor McKenna, like, I don't know, like, like imagine if Pendlebury got it, there, you know, there was that test scare of his, like, you know, earlier in the year. Imagine if he actually got it, like their, their hero, their captain. Like, would that supporter be saying, oh, you know, all right, he should be suspended, you know, he's an idiot because he went out to the supermarket or like, you know, like, he's, like, there's still people, these AFL players, like, ugh, there's still people. have got to be nicer. And oh my god, I just realised I missed a game. I forgot about the West Coast Brisbane game. Alright, I'll talk about that game and then I'll wrap this thing up. Well done, Brisbane. Really well done. They're another team that is looking hot and fresh. Like, they're, they're not suffering from the Melbourne syndrome that we had a couple of years ago after Melbourne finished really well in 2018 and then bombed out in 2019. They're still looking real hot. Cam Rayner is becoming the number one pick he was meant to be. Charlie, Charlie Cameron's definitely the best small forward in the game. Even without Zorko, their midfield looks so hot. I think Lockie Neal could just win a sneaky Brownlow this year. He's he's doing so well. He's kicking goals. He's racking up disposals. He's looking really good. West Coast are not looking real good. They're another like they're looking like they're in serious trouble. They've had two really disappointing games in a row, uh, and they've got, I think they've got Port this week. Do they have Port Adelaide this week? 
Yes, they do on Saturday afternoon. Oh, dear. If Port Adelaide beat West Coast, I'll say they're the real thing. So Adam Simpson said during the week that they, that the Eagles can't wait to get home because they've got another two weeks in the harbour and then they have to go home and quarantine for two weeks. He was having a sook, really. And he was saying, you know, if the AFL asks us to stay longer and extend the harbour and bring other teams in or whatever, he said that they won't do it, that they'll just fly home. How's that attitude working for you, Adam? How's that going? All right. You need to change the whole attitude of how you're going about this hub, right? The Eagles look like they don't want to be there. They look miserable. They look slow. They look like they don't care. They look like they just want this whole year to be over. Like, they've got a really serious attitude problem. Like, I I said, you know, back at the start of the year that they were getting a bit old and they, you know, if they want to win another premiership, they really got to do it this year. They look old and tired and grumpy and like they really don't want to be there. And they have got to fix that. Otherwise, they're going to walk out of this hub, zipping four, and that's their season done. They got Port to deal with this week who are doing really well. Then they'll have to play Frio. I'm not expecting them to beat Port Adelaide the way they're going. And if they have a third loss, they are going to be feeling really sorry for themselves and then they'll be easy victims for Fremantle. They really got to fix their attitude. They just got to find a spark somewhere because they just just do not have it at the moment. Even their star boy, Tim Kelly, is yet to, you know, if anyone was going to ignite them and help them win a game, it would be him and he's... Had a couple of quiet weeks, as far as I'm aware. I haven't looked at his exact stats, but I don't think anyone at West Coast has really been going crazy the last fortnight, in the last couple of games. <sighs> well, that stuffed the whole <laughs> the whole way I was going to do this podcast. I was going to do talk about all the games, change up the order to make it exciting, and then talk about the McKenna thing, but I forgot one of the games. How's that for changing up the order, Joel? All right. Still good to have footy back, but gee whiz, there's lots going on. It's stressful. There's going to be more infections, I would imagine. So there's more stress to come, but we'll see how we go. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's being smart. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.